Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Whenever and wherever you're listening, we just wanted to extend the warmest of welcomes. So kick back and relax as we continue through our sermon series. Hello, hello. It is so good to be with you today. Good morning to you. I like that. I like that. You know, um, when I say that it's good to be with you, I I mean that literally. Uh, I I think, I was joking with Larry earlier, I think that, that like this weekend is like traditionally when they invite me up to come. I was here last year, same exact time frame. Uh, and, and I remember um, it was really different though, right? Like it was an extremely different year in general. I, I, I came up, uh, I went to the light show, which was unbelievable. If you haven't, listen, if you haven't gone to the light show yet and experienced it for yourself, what, what are you doing, right? And, and if you haven't invited, honestly, the neighborhood to come with you and experience it for themselves, like now is the time. Uh, so anyway, I, I came up, went to the light show, uh, we recorded outside, it was freezing, it was so cold that I had tears coming down my face, uh, and, and we spoke about the Magi last year, it was so much fun. This year though, for all of, like to be in the room with everyone who could make it. Now I, and online, I love you so much, so, so good for everyone to join, but there's, there's just nothing like being in a room of people really leaning in and starting to understand a little bit more uh, about, this, uh, about this thing um, called being a Christ follower. There's nothing quite like it. And so uh, I, I, I'm getting like kind of, I'm getting all the feels right now, right, as, as we talk about it. And so great to be back with you. So much fun. Um, this year, we are, uh, are we've been kind of talking through these different personalities, these different characters within the Christmas story. And, and, and I love doing this. And I don't know if you do this when you go through um, Scripture, but, but if you don't, let, let's, let's kind of see if we can make this a practice. There's one thing when you like, can read a story, and that's all that it is, is a story. And you just kind of are taking in a little bit of it and starting to understand a little bit of uh, who they're talking about. There's a, there's a whole other way to view Scripture as you look at the characters and you start to see where you fit in the story. My hope today is that we will lean into the story that we're going to talk about and that you will start to ask yourself, where am I in this story? How does it affect me? Today um, is, uh, I, let me give like a little temperature of the room for a second. Um, raise your hand if you've realized, if it's hit you yet, that Christmas is six days away. Has that hit you? No, I see. What's great, and you don't know online yet, what's great is, is there are some people that like haven't raised their hands. So you're literally, it hasn't hit you yet. It hit me on the drive up. I, I'm, I'm from LA. Um, I came up. Last year was so much fun that this year I decided to bring two of my kids with me. I want to see their faces as we go through the, Christ, uh, the Christmas light show and all the different things that we're going to be doing. And so the three of us, we drove up here together and, and, and about two hours into the drive, I kind of went, oh man. <laughs> six days. Now, on one hand, I love this season. I love what it stands for. I love what we get to be about. I love what we get to experience. I love, like we have a, a tradition in our family where we, we rent a Duffy boat and we go through and we see the lights out on the water. And it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like so many cool experiences that you get to have during this time of the year that are just only at this time. But the other thing that hit me was that not everything I've ordered has arrived yet. And it started like, like I, I, I truly had this moment where I was just like, 
I don't know that it's going to make it. You know, like, like there are things, I got three things that I know for a fact haven't ended up on my door. I'm checking email, right? We're looking at routing numbers or tracking numbers, just trying to make sure that, that it all come before. And so maybe you know the pain. There's also the joy. Maybe you know the pain of Christmas being six days away. It is today, six days from Christmas, that we're going to um, look at our next personality. Today, uh, we're going to look at a ragtag bunch of individuals who are prominently featured in our nativity sets. We're going to look at the shepherds. Now, here's the thing. I love shepherds. Like, not just like the, the biblical representation. I love, like when I meet someone, I met someone who's a modern day shepherd and I was like, you are fascinating. Like, this is amazing, right? Like, like there's something about a shepherd and the life that they live, the job that they have that I've always just found incredibly fascinating. There's some things that, that we're gonna need to understand about the shepherds and we're gonna really dive into their story as, um, as we go deeper today. And, and what I want to start is I literally just want to uh, kind of turn over to Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read um, this account out of Luke, starting in verse 8. And we're going to really dig into these guys' story. Okay. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, A great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Okay. So much is happening here. There's so much to unpack together, and I'm really excited to dive into it. Uh, The the first thing that we have to do is we have to understand a couple things about shepherds. Um, Shepherds were no joke during this season. Like, at this time in history, to become a shepherd was like the lowest of the low role you could ever have. Like there is, there is no such thing as a, as a third grader looking up to their teachers saying, I really want to be a shepherd when I grow up. That did not exist in this time of history. Nobody was trying to become a shepherd. They were so looked down upon that 
if you were to be accused of a crime and your only alibi was a shepherd, you were out of luck. Because they assumed that every shepherd was just going to lie about what they had seen and experienced. They were so untrustworthy that their testimony was inadmissible in a court of law. Out of luck. Could you imagine what that would do to your self-esteem? Could you imagine what it would be like to be one of these shepherds who no one ever believed what you had to say? No one. To have a role that nobody was striving to have, could you imagine what it would do? I would venture to say it really messed with their self-esteem, with their sense of self, with who they believed they were. It's interesting. Another really fun fact about shepherds is that the job of a shepherd was grueling. Like the job of shepherd was one of the hardest jobs that a person could have on your body. You know, when we think of shepherds now, a lot of times, like we have, I love coming up here this time of year, like the beautiful grass fields sweeping over the land. Like that's not, that's not what they experienced. In the region that these shepherds were in, it would have been just full of rocks. That as they walked with the sheep, they would be walking along sheer cliff sides, trying to make sure not only that they didn't fall off, but that each of their sheep didn't fall off because every single one of those sheep must be accounted for or they were going to have uh, problems. If one sheep was missing, they would leave all of the other sheep and go find it. Now, here's what's funny. We talk about that when we talk about Jesus and when this really beautiful picture of like, you know, he'll leave the 99 to come find the one and it's this view and this picture of love and there's so much truth and a ton of beauty to that. But... For the shepherd, there was fear associated with it. If I lose one of these sheep, I'm already in the lowest role someone can have. If I lose one of these sheep, I'm done for. Their entire livelihood was predicated on these sheep. Did you know that if a predator came and and, and tried to eat one of their sheep, that it was expected of the shepherd to stand between the predator and the flock? to do everything they could to defend the flock at all costs, including their own life. I don't know about you, but I don't want that job. I don't want to sleep outside with the sheep as I walk for miles. I don't want that job. So when, when the angels come to talk to the shepherds, there's something incredibly significant that's happening in that moment. Because when the average person thought of shepherds, we just talked about it, they thought about them being the lowest of the low, untrustworthy. Here's another really fun fact. Obviously, I'm using fun facetiously. That they were, because of their job, they were considered to be unclean. Now, Through Jewish law, if you are ceremonially unclean, you cannot enter the temple to worship God. 
ceremonially unclean, you cannot enter the temple to worship your God. Imagine if your job, not who you are, not what you've done, if your job kept you from church. Not that there's like a scheduling conflict. I understand. I, I, I worked in restaurants for years. I understand a scheduling conflict keeping me out of church. I'm saying you made the effort, you showed up, and they're not going to let you in the doors because you're unworthy. The lowest of the low. Untrustworthy and unclean. This is what people thought of when they thought of shepherds. And this, this is who the angel comes to proclaim the coming of the Messiah. What? Like, does that, blow, that blows my mind. Like, it, it, just, it just messes with me when you really slow down to think about it. As I've studied shepherds over the years, it, it, uh, every time my, um, uh, my dad, he gave my wife and I when we, when we got married. It was kind of a weird gift at the time because I got married at like 21 uh, or 20, I'm sorry, at like 22. And, um, and so they gave us uh, a nativity, like a really nice nativity set. And that's just not really what you're trying to get when you're 22 years old for a wedding present. <laughs> but I still have it. And it's amazing to like see it and, and set it up. And so we set ours up on the piano. And every time that we set it up and I put that shepherd up on the, up on the piano on the nativity set, I have this thought of just, I don't think you were supposed to be there. I don't, I don't know. Not culturally. And this is who God sends the angels to come and proclaim the coming Messiah. Isn't that crazy? Why do you think that was? Like, do you think it was an accident? I mean, what I understand of God's character and what I've seen of who he is, I, I, I doubt it was an accident, but there's a part of me that kind of goes, I don't know, I've been tired before. Like maybe the angel is just going, eh, you guys. I don't know. But I doubt it. I bet you it was on purpose. I bet you that intentionally the angel chose the lowest of the low to come and proclaim the coming Messiah. It says, it says here, right? It's, I think this is, this is amazing. The angel says to them, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? For all the people. I bring you this amazing news and I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind, but it's not just for every, it's not just for the people that everyone already thinks is awesome. It's not just for the rulers. It's not just for the good people. It's not just for who you would fill in the blank there. It's for you. Even you shepherds, even you and you will be a part of the story in a way that for generation after generation after generation, we will tell your story and we will remember that you were some of the first that got to hear about it. Isn't that amazing? There's something about the story of the shepherds. It captures my attention, captures my imagination. Before my current role as an executive coach, um, I, I've had a chance. Just, you know what? Let me pause here for a second. 
I've been an executive coach for, for years now. Um, one of the people, the, the teams that I get to coach, I coach churches and I coach um, organizations all across the country and, and actually getting into other countries. And, and, um, and I've been working with the team here at Northgate in some capacity for over five years. And can we just like pause right here for a minute and just like, like acknowledge how rad your staff is? Amen. Like... Before my role as an executive coach, um, I was a pastor. I was a pastor for 13 years. And over those 13 years, I, um, I would hear this refrain quite a bit from people when I would invite them to come to church, as I would talk to them about uh, their, really their relationship with Christ. And I would hear people say, you know, David, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to do that. They would say things like, you don't know what I've done. Have you heard that before? They would say, you have no idea what my past looks like. If you knew, you might not invite me to be a part of this community. I'd hear them say, you know, I've I've got some strained relationships and I just don't honestly think I'm good enough. I got to go fix all this stuff before I can come and be a part of the thing you're inviting me to. I can't even tell you how many times I heard that. I can't even tell you how many times I thought that about myself. Gearing up to, to come and be a part of this with you this weekend. I mean, I, I had moments where I was just like, ha, you sure? You want me to come do that? See, I think we've been conditioned to believe that, that there are the good enoughs and the not good enoughs in life. We've been conditioned to believe that some win and, and most lose, and that more often than not, we're a part of the losing side. And I don't know what put that in your mind. If you, if you have that thought, I don't know what put that in your mind, but, but it's time for us to flip that. It's time for us to start understanding that that's not actually what's going on in our stories. I bet that the shepherds knew what it felt like. The shepherds who were unable to testify in a court of law, the shepherds who couldn't enter into their temples, the shepherds who nobody was striving to be like, I bet you they know exactly what it was like to feel like they were not good enough. Would you say And yet, the angel chose them. It's fascinating to me. Um, Your sense of self really pours, like, it, it, it gets into all kinds of things that we will and will not do in our lives. Confidence. Uh, in, a, in a study with Harvard Business Review, confidence was one of the, the, the leading indicators of if someone was going to be successful or not. And yet, we have uh, everything coming at us trying to strip away our confidence. I bet you that these shepherds, they knew what it was like for people to turn away from them when they entered town. They knew what it was like for people to cover their face because of the smell. They knew what it was like uh, to be um, shunned and rejected. And yet, they hear from the angel, this, I love this part of the story, You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now, I don't know how you read that part. For me, 
I read that as an invitation. Who will find? You will find. Hey, shepherds, I understand that there's a lot of stuff going on in your life right now. The Messiah's here. He's in the town of David. You will find him. It's fascinating. I think the shepherds heard it as, uh, as an invitation as well. Like, a, hey, why don't you go check this out? Because in verse 16, it says that they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I love that. I love it. This encounter with the holy changes everything for them. Isn't it fascinating that they would stand in front of a predator so that they can't get to the sheep, but they leave to go into town? Isn't that fascinating? These men who were so looked down upon that they couldn't testify in court, the same men who couldn't enter the temple of their own cities, these are the men that stood steps away from Jesus? Bananas. (laughs) Here's the sad truth. I think that we put up our nativities every year with the shepherds and we just put it up and we see them on like greeting cards and we see them in stories and movies and we forget about all that, it must have, that they must have gone through and all that it must have taken for them to go and stand in, to stand in that place. We forget. Because I think if we remembered, we would give ourselves more grace. I think if we knew what it took for that to happen and how countercultural that was, I think that we, we would not lose the fact that God did not send his son for the good enough. He sent his son for us. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, I lose sight of that far too often (laughs) because I live as though Jesus is only for the good enough. Do you? What if we responded to Jesus the way that the shepherds did? What if like the shepherds, when we heard this amazing news, this life-changing thing was in the works, what if we were determined to come and see it for ourselves? I think that's fascinating as well. It wasn't a guarantee that they were going to find him. It wasn't a guarantee that even if they went and, and, and did all of the things that, that would have taken all of the courage in the world, that it would have been true. But something in them, the promise that just maybe we can be a part of this, They go, they see for themselves. What if we were bold enough to enter into spaces that we felt unfit for, for the chance to interact with the Messiah? What would be different in your life? How would that shift things in the way that you respond during this season? Seems like this, this interaction with 
uh, Jesus, even as an infant, changed the shepherds forever. Notice that? It doesn't say they went straight back into the fields. It says that they went and they started telling every person that they could find about what they had experienced. Verse 17 says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You know, that part's annoying to me. Can I just be honest with you? Like, that part's annoying. I'm not annoyed at the shepherds. I'm annoyed at everyone who heard. So you won't believe them when they testify in court. But when they tell you about Jesus, all are amazed. Shut up. That's annoying, right? But something had changed. Have you ever met someone that, maybe you, you weren't sure about them in one moment, but then something changed in their life and there's just a way about them. And all of a sudden you just see something has changed. I want to know more about what you're experiencing. All of a sudden these people that had shunned the shepherds hear about this testimony and they say, that's amazing. I've got to experience more of that. story of the shepherds is a powerful one. I need you to understand, talking directly to you right now, I need you to understand, God is not waiting for you to be good enough. Whatever that voice in the back of your head has been saying to you, he's not waiting for you to be good enough. He is not waiting for you to get it all together. He is not waiting for you to have all of your questions answered. He is not waiting for you to fix all of the other relationships that you have. He is not waiting for any of it. He wants you. He wants you now. There's beauty in that. But we have to remember it. And when all of the outside voices and all the outside forces start coming at you and you you start to forget what your actual role is, you need to remember the shepherds. You are invited to be so much more. He wants you where you are. This Christmas season, let's learn from the shepherds. Let's realize that we have been invited into a story that is far greater than anything we have ever even imagined. And like the shepherds, you get to be a key part of it. I think if we believed that, it would change everything. I think we might believe it up here. I'm not sure about here yet. If we believed that, it would change everything. It would change the way we interact with people. It would change the way that we are in, uh, in our walk with God. It would change so many aspects of who you are right now, today, if you really believe that. So I don't, I don't actually have any other main, like, it's now leave here and do this awesome thing for God. Actually, I just want you to sit in it for a minute. Where do you believe that lie What aspects of your life are you buying into the hype that everyone else is good and I am not? What will it look like for you to be like the shepherds? Pray with me. Father, 
I want to praise you for this community and the way they model what it means to be a Christ follower. God, thank you for the story of the shepherds. Thank you for the way uh, that you worked in their life that shows us how you could and how you want to work in ours. God, help us to be bold. Help us to chase after you. Help us to take off what we once believed about ourselves and put on what you believe about us. Father, we love you and we praise you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And this concludes this week's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed spending some time with us. And if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our YouTube and find us on Instagram at NGATECF. See you next week.